Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win, written by Rachel Ignatowski. Manon Réom, ice hockey goalkeeper. Manon Réom was the first woman ever to play in the National Hockey League. Ice hockey pucks whizzed towards her at over 160 kilometres an hour. She was an expert in blocking these goals and had the bruises to prove it. Manon was born in 1972 in Quebec, Canada. Like many Canadian children, Manon started playing ice hockey when she was little. Her father would flood their garden to create a homemade skating rink, and six-year-old Manon would be goalie for her brother's team. A natural, and before long she was playing on the boys' team at school. After high school, Manon became the first woman to play on a men's junior A hockey team, the minor league in ice hockey. She was a great, tough goalie. Once during a game, a puck hit her right in the face, shattering her protective mask and leaving her with a gash above her eye. She never left the ice, defending the goal until the whistle blew, and then she could get stitched up. At the age of 20, Manon joined a training camp for a new NHL team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Many of the coaches thought she was only there for publicity. Manon didn't care. She was ready to prove herself, and the male players didn't go easy on her. Some would slap pucks at her as hard as possible, embarrassed at not being able to score against a female goalie. Manon played well and earned a place on the team. In 1992, she became the first woman to play in the NHL. Manon also played goalie for Canada at the World Women's Hockey Championships. In 1992 and 1994, she helped her team win gold. She continued to play for various pro ice hockey teams, including the Atlanta Knights, the Tallahassee Tiger Sharks and the Reno Renegades. In 1998, she won an Olympic silver medal. In 2008, Manon set up the Manon Réom Foundation to help girls fulfil their aspirations. By watching her tough it out, girls everywhere have been inspired to start playing ice hockey. Zheng Yaping, table tennis player.
Zheng Yaping was born in 1973 in the Henan province of China. She started playing table tennis aged five. It didn't take her long to stop winning provincial junior championships, and by 13, she had won the national championship. Despite her skills, the sporting community did not take her seriously because of her size. She was four foot eleven, and was even arbitrarily disqualified from China's national team because of this. But with her lightning-fast speed and agility, she just kept winning table tennis games until they could no longer deny her a place on the national team. She went on to become a world doubles champion in 1989 and a world singles champion in 1991. At the 1992 Olympics, Zheng won gold medals in doubles and singles. The singles match was a nail-biter between Zheng and her own doubles partner, Xiao Hong, with Deng winning 23-21. In 1995 and 1997, Zheng became the world singles and doubles champion again. In 1996, she earned two more Olympic gold medals, one in doubles and another in singles. No other table tennis player in history, male or female, has won this many world titles. She has always said that strength was the key to her success. Zheng retired in 1997, aged 24. That year, she was elected to the International Olympic Committee Athletes Commission. She later helped to organise the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. Since she was no longer competing, education became her priority. She earned an undergraduate degree from Tsinghua University, a master's degree from the University of Nottingham, and a PhD from the University of Cambridge. Zheng Yaping proved that no matter your size, you can have great strength and skill. She showed China and the world that talent and determination are what's needed to become a champion. Valentina Vezzali, Fencer Maria Valentina Vezzali was born in 1974 in Jesi, Italy. When she was six, she started training at a local fencing school. There are three types of fencing weapon, foil, epée and sabre. Valentina fenced foil, meaning she could score points only by striking with the tip of her blade on her opponent's torso. By the age of 10, she had won her first national title in the junior division. Valentina would never settle for just winning. She wanted to be the very best. After each victory, she would immediately set a new goal for herself, a new challenge to conquer. In 1996, she made her Olympic debut and won two medals, a gold in the team event and a silver in the individual. All of this would satisfy some, but not Valentina. She set her goals even higher and worked to become one of the world's greatest fencers. 
1999, Valentina won her first individual title at the World Fencing Championships. The next year, she fulfilled her dream of winning gold in both the individual and team events at the 2000 Olympics. In the 2004 Olympics, she again won gold in the individual foil event. The 2008 Olympics was her first as a mother, and by winning an individual gold medal and a team bronze in the team event, she showed the world that motherhood and sporting competition are not mutually exclusive. Valentina wanted to be the best, and her medal haul is legendary. She is the only fencer to win three individual gold medals in three consecutive Olympics. In the 2012 London Olympics, Valentina won another bronze and a gold, making her the most decorated female fencer in history. Throughout her career, Valentina has been active in many charities, including the Run for Food campaign and the One Billion Hungry project to end world hunger. In 2013, she was elected to the Italian Parliament's Chamber of Deputies. She retired from fencing in 2016 as a legend in the sport. Granger, rower. Catherine Granger was born in 1975 in Glasgow, UK. There is nothing this woman can't do. She is the Chancellor of Oxford Brookes University, has a PhD in criminal law, and is the most decorated female athlete in Britain. With brains and brawn, Catherine has given it her all on the water. She has become a world-famous rower and a role model for girls everywhere. Catherine began rowing in 1993 while attending the University of Edinburgh. Within three years, she was named her university's most outstanding athlete and was awarded the Eva Bailey Trophy twice. In 1997, she won her first international rowing competition at the Under-23 Rowing Championships. It would not be long before she was winning medals at the Olympics. Rowing events at the Olympics can be done alone, singles, or together in teams of two, four or eight. Catherine won her first Olympic silver medal in the quadruple skull event during the 2000 Sydney Olympics. And it was the first time Olympic medals were awarded to women in the history of rowing. She went on to win silver medals at the 2004 Athens Olympics in the coxless pairs and the 2008 Olympics in the quadruple skulls event. But her real goal was an Olympic gold medal. During the 2012 London Games, she finally finished first with rowing partner Anna Watkins in the double skulls event. The gold medal was hers and her dream had come true. Catherine became the first female rower to win medals in four consecutive Olympic Games. She made it five at the 2016 Olympics in Rio, when she won a silver after returning to rowing after a two-year break.
2017, Catherine was named Dame Catherine Granger to honour her excellence in sport and became the chair of UK Sport, which aims to lead Britain to world-class success. Influential sports teams. As a team, athletes can reach large crowds and new heights. Here are a few of the amazing women's sports teams that have changed history. Bloomer Girls, 1866. As early as 1866, US women played baseball on teams called Bloomer Girls. They became popular in the 1890s. The teams were mixed and usually only one or two male players. They would travel the country, challenging different towns' male baseball teams. These teams led to the creation of the first professional All-American Girls Softball League in 1943 and the many modern women's teams of today. Tennessee State University Tiger Bells, 1950s and 60s. With hardly any funding, the Tiger Bells athletics team included some of the greatest sprinters in history. During the 1950s, 60s and early 70s, Tennessee State University was the training ground for several US athletic stars. The teams consisted of some of the most influential people in athletics, including Chandra Cheesborough, Wilma Rudolph and Wyomi Atias. Their coach, Edward Temple, was hugely influential in fostering and shaping their talent. Forty Tiger Bells runners went on to become Olympians. The Tiger Bells were underdogs, but proved to the world what women are capable of. US National Soccer Team, 2015 The 2015 United States vs Japan FIFA Women's World Cup Final was the most watched football game of all time in the United States. The US women's victory showed the world the skill and strength of American women. Game viewership, over 23 million, surpassed even the legendary 1999 Women's World Cup Final. The women of the US national football team have made strides towards pay equality. The team was ranked number one in the world, projected to bring in over 17 million US dollars in revenue in 2017. However, they were still being paid thousands of dollars less than the US men's team, which was losing money. The women of the US team went public with this pay gap, and in 2016, the US Senate took their side and unanimously voted in favour of a resolution to eliminate gender pay inequality and treat all athletes with the same respect and dignity. Although this resolution is not law, it is a step in the right direction to pressure FIFA to comply with the Equal Pay Act. The Women of the Refugee Olympic Team, 2016 in 2016, the Olympics included the first ever refugee team. The 10 people, with four women, on the team had all fled their home countries because they were at risk of death. With no citizenship, these athletes competed under the Olympic flag. The team included Angelina Lohalith 
and Rose Lokonyan, who both escaped the violent war in South Sudan and competed as runners during the Games. Yolande Makiba, a judoka, was also on the team. As a child, Yolanda was separated from her parents during the war in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. She then had to escape an abusive judo coach and is now a refugee living in Brazil. The final woman on the team was swimmer Yusra Mardini. With her family, she fled the bombings and terrorist attacks in Syria. When their escape boat's motor stopped working in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, Yusra, her sister and two other people got into the cold water and pushed the boat for hours until they reached the safety of Greece. These courageous athletes showed the world how strong they are and gained a platform to bring awareness to the plight of refugees around the world. Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win Written by Rachel Ignatowski <laughs>